0: to another episode of Tuesday Tea with me, your host, Sweet D. And today, okay, get ready for this, you guys. Quick backstory. This incredible gentleman reached out to me to come on the show. And funny enough, I was already following him on social media and interacting with his stuff because everything this guy posts is gold. Dr. Ian Brooks is here with us today. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Dr. Ian Brooks is the chief executive and founder of Rhodesmith Consulting, leading transformations of people and organizations for over 24 years. Ian has extensive experience in executive and leadership development, change management, business performance consulting, and communication planning. His new book, "Intention," offers a practical guide to transformational change through meaningful action. Yes. I'm really excited to read your book. (laughs) Yay, we need more books like this.
1: (laughs) I tell you, it was a a love-hate relationship with it. But I have to say that in writing Intention, it really um, offered me an opportunity to also be a client of what I was actually writing. And it was a wonderful experience. One I don't necessarily want to repeat anytime soon, Mm. but as from a writing standpoint, but definitely something that I consistently think about all the time in my own growth and expansion, both as a business owner, but also as an individual.
0: I love that you kicked this whole thing off by saying, I learned from this too. It's not just (laughs) for you, the reader. It's like, this was my process. Come check it out. I love that. Very cool. Wow. Okay. So let's back up and start from the beginning. Where are you from? Who are you? Where'd you grow up? All that jazz. Fill us in.
1: Yeah. So as as you mentioned, Dr. Ian D. Brooks actually grew up in Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C. I still consider it home. All of my family's back there. But I have to say that even as we talked about my book, Intention, even as a 13-year-old, I decided then that I want to be a clinical psychologist. And everything from that decision of deciding or wanting to know why people do what they do and heck why I was doing the things that I was doing really earmarked a path and a plan for me to actually experience life in a world and people in a way that I could not have authored myself in any way, shape or form and couldn't have imagined. And so because of that, um, from that 13-year-old decision, I made decisions on a plan to actually go and live in different places here in the U.S., go to different schools um, from an education standpoint, and heck, even decide on the career choices I was making based off of, one, learning something there, which I was planful around, but secondly, also learning more about myself. And so that journey took me from Virginia to then living in Atlanta for four years and then living in Montgomery, Alabama for several years and then make my way out here for Calif- to California um, for now it seems to be 20 years, each with an intentional purpose of development for myself to see who I am, but also expanding who I am as well to even test my limits, to really push the boundaries and say, you know what, if I'm going to fail, let's fail, but have a story to tell because I know I have the capabilities to actually do something different and or to learn from this and be even better. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I've actually made my way now into being now in California and even starting my business as it relates to my business from a coaching perspective, as you mentioned, helping individuals improve their stories. It's really intended to really take that personal and professional development and looking for that expansion for those people who are tired of being in their boxes, um, much like myself, who are always constantly challenging myself to do something different. Um, I really work with people who are really to take, willing to take that step forward and starting off as a clinical psychologist and now make my way into the coaching space um, has really afforded me, a, a, again, a story that uh, I could not have made up on my own.
0: I can only imagine not only the stories that come with you from the people that you've helped along the way, but yes. Wow. How might one go about creating a detailed plan for themselves Mm -hmm. with clear intentions? Like, what does that look like? Is that writing a list? Is it more expansive than that? What is, what does that process look like? You know,
1: it's, it's funny. You start off with a plan and that's where we often start off with, but yet I take us back even further. Because I realized a lot of my clients, and heck, even myself, struggle with the plan and its execution, and as important, its sustainment. But the problem wasn't necessarily that plan or the sustainment. It was I didn't necessarily do the work on the front end. So in that respect, in building a plan, it first starts off with, one, discovery. Discovering, really, what is your value? What is truly your priority? What are you passionate about? (laughs) What do you think you're good at? From that discovery, we get an authenticity of who we are from a value-based perspective and understanding that, one, what we think we're solving for, well, oftentimes, it's just a presenting problem, not the real issue. And or as important, we're trying to match what we see on Instagram or Twitter or what someone else has done outside of it truly being our story and what we really want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And as such, the very first thing before we build a plan is that discovery. The second piece before we, behind that discovery is the principle of you. Understanding who we are as individuals. Because guess what? We can't judge the book based on the chapter we walked in on. And in this very single moment, of which we're talking right now, as you ask me, what is my history? What is my story? Because there's so much that has led to me being who I am right here, right now. And as such, we all are in that same place where we have different characters. Where we have different moods, we have different roles that we play in in the lives of others. As important as we speak about others, what's in our environment that keeps us where we are, that keeps us safe, that keeps us in a survival mode, that lets us know that we are validated? Now, that doesn't mean that it's comfortable, doesn't mean it's pleasant, but it tells us that we're alive and that tells us some level of meaning. In that, when we start to discover who we are and the things around us from an environment perspective, our people, places, and things, that affords us a chance to actually be authentic and also clarify what are we willing to do. So now that we've come through discovery of what is it that I'm passionate about and really what's my priority, and then secondly, in that vein, who am I? In answering the question of the principle of what's making me me, now I can develop a plan that is authentic to my voice, my current realities, and my choices, to then begin to take some steps. Those first two areas are critical prior to us even jumping in and developing a plan. Because that plan is just gonna be a reflection of whatever we come up with before in those first two areas. And again, as I started off with, oftentimes that plan doesn't reflect that. Thus it makes it 10 times harder to actually sustain anything we put together as we're treating it as an event rather than something we're integrating within our lives.
0: Wow. Really, really profound, and I wish that I would have had a conversation with you like three years ago to help (laughs) fast track this process. Because only now am I really understanding that Mm -hmm. the plan doesn't come first. You've got to do some work. You have to figure out who you are. And Mm -hmm. for me, I know that I have changed so much. So when I first started diving into like what gives me purpose, a lot has shifted and changed. Yeah, and so. What would you say to someone that really has no idea where to start from the mm-hmm. what is my purpose and how do I even find that? What do I want to do in the world? Who am I?
1: Yeah, it's a question I have heard often, and it's one that it has to be repeated to ourselves to make sure we're still on track. Because as you mentioned, our purpose and our, and our idea of what we want to be and who we want to become is constantly changing between kids, new jobs, heck, even the coronavirus To anyone who asks me that question, I tell them, look inward, be introspective. What are you most passionate about? When you're just daydreaming, where do do your thoughts go? If you had a choice to do anything right here, right now, from a career standpoint, a passion standpoint, what would that be? Because in, in that moment, and in those answers, you start to uncover and create clarity on who and what you want to become. In that same level of conversation, and as important as the conversation is in your own mind, but you can also have with others as well, it's a function of affording you a chance to explore the possibilities. All too often, when we're looking and asking the question of who am I, that often comes in the context of a comparison to others of whom are now prescribing the boxes we're living in now. We're living to the expectations of others, a fear of judgment, a fear of, I can't not do this. In that respect, for those individuals who are still searching for those answers, I say, again, start inward and then start the young recovery and discovery for yourself on the possibilities. And in those answers, and I say answers plural because there'll be multiple answers, you will create the clarity and the essence of the value of which define who you are and whom you want to become.
0: If you guys are watching the video on YouTube. My neck is getting a kink in it so I'm just nodding my head yes to everything he's <laughs> saying. Like this is this is invaluable information. Thank you. I mean, we've we've only been into this, what, all of 10 minutes? And this is just so, so valuable. Well, if you don't mind, I want to talk about yeah. Rhodes Smith a little bit, your business. Yeah. So, what was that transition like for you going from clinical psychologist to business owner. And I understand that you had your own practice, but Mm -hmm. it's in a whole different way of structuring. Correct.
1: Absolutely. And it's not so dramatic that it, I had to think differently in the context of being a psychologist and how I was helping or how I'm helping people really, the thought came down to the transformation I had to take and transform within myself Mm -hmm. So by the time I left clinical psychology, and at the time I'd been working in a 24-hour lockdown ward with adult clients. So as you might imagine, that clientele was seeking survival, maintenance. How do I manage my day-to-day life outside of these four walls of which they're confined? And then embarking on a journey of working with organizations and then working with people individually to improve their stories, because of course, they're higher functioning. Mm. My mentality had to shift and change in a way that I never knew until I started going down the path of working with organizations and people and even running my own business. In particular, as a clinical psychologist, we're taught to now just hold on to our own feelings. We're not taught to be out in front. The client is always first. We're always caring for the client. We very rarely say what we're truly thinking outside of the context of anything that's going to drive or enable or support the client of whom we're facing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That conversation and that level of feeling isn't necessarily afforded us when we actually are transitioning over to being a coach, because now we're coming in as an expert. We're coming in, not necessarily expert in everything, but we're experts at being listeners. We're understanding the path of which our clients are navigating to help move them from one point to the other. We don't necessarily know the plan, but we are supportive in the path in which they're actually taking. That was a lot different dialogue because I'm now seeing and acting, one, with a level of authenticity and empowerment in assisting my clients in a way that I hadn't before. And then secondly, now even affording myself that opportunity to actually hear my own voice, which at first was scary. And sometimes in some ways is scary now, but being out front, being social, being that thought leader is not necessarily something that's afforded us as a clinical psychologist. And it wasn't until I actually, um, it was a 15 minute conversation, actually when I was working for an organization doing, doing leadership development, that really really sparked me starting to say, you know what, I can do this, number one. And then secondly, let's go do it. That 15 conversa- minute conversation with some level of context, um, I just happened to be working for an organization um, that was going through a round of layoffs, and this was just around the time. Um, shortly thereafter of the the housing crisis, mm. and as during that time, working for banks and and um, housing uh, home lenders, you can you might imagine there was quite a bit of turnover in those organizations. So there was always something in the news, always something in the paper. And oh yeah, by the way, someone was always leaving your office. It seemed like every day in their box and in tears. Mm. And during this time, I realized that my work started to slowing down a lot more than than normal. So a red flag went off and said, you know what? I need to make sure that I'm protected. I need to make sure I have an exit strategy to make sure I'm going out here and um, finding another role. But as I embarked on that journey of looking for other roles, um, I realized several things. Number one, I wasn't finding anything that really reflected what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Um, It didn't really call to me. So I had to ask myself, what is it that I want? And is there any job out there that can create a learning experience for me or that I would find value in that would not be or be defined by me being my own business owner. And when I realized that answer was no, I said, okay, let's stop putting in job offers and, and, and applications. And now let's focus on my own business. That led me to that second point of, let's start RoadSmith. Because now I have to build the trust in myself. I have to have the confidence to actually go out there and do it. I've actually built the capabilities. Now let's go do. And having that and being at the forefront, now being a business owner, I can no longer hide similar to what I was doing as a clinical psychologist or even working for someone else where I'm defined by a box that they place me in. And I'm only as good as the pawn in the, the chess move in which they want me to play in. Now I a, a total level of freedom and empowerment that I had not afforded myself up to that point. And so from that journey of going from clinical psychology in that 24-hour lockdown ward to that moment of that 15-minute conversation with my manager to then starting Rhodes Smith, it was an extremely uh, transformative experience for me. And oh, yeah, by the way, I did get called in for a 15-minute conversation because I keep on saying it. And during that time, I was informed that I was being kept but moving to a new job, <laughs> uh, which was nice. So I had already started Road Smith. And oh, yeah, by the way, I was starting a new role of which I had never embarked on, had never knew the group existed. And I had about 25 people reporting to me of who knew the job better than I did. Wow. So it was truly a transform transformational uh, experience at that point. But I never lost sight of Smith and building up my confidence and my voice through that platform because mm-hmm. it was necessary. Because five years later, after that conversation, I had another 15-minute conversation. And unfortunately, I was not kept. So, um, it allowed me to set the foundation for me to move forward.
0: You say, unfortunately you weren't kept, but fortunately, (laughs) fortunately, (laughs) you know, new opportunity and you, you've done just an incredible job of, of taking your passion, knowing Mm -hmm. what you're good at looking inward. I mean, you're practicing what you're preaching, so to speak, right? Like you're, you're living it and you're just a beautiful example of that. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're you're welcome. It's uh, and I I say you're welcome, like I did anything special, but I think we all have that talent. You and I know you've done the same. It's a function of, as I think about any business owner, it's about what are you passionate about. Um, Because if you're not passionate about the work you're going to do, you're not going to survive. The second piece is, what do you enjoy? Right. Just because you have a passion for it, well, it doesn't mean you have an enjoyment. Because I attach enjoyment towards those times when you're going to have. The valleys, the times when, you're, when it's real lean, when you don't have clients, when you're going to have to stay up late, when you're pushing yourself and you're so vulnerable in places that you didn't know anything about. Like, how do I do all the marketing? How do I do all the finances? How do I set up my LLC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are points where it's in the moment, it's going to stink. But your enjoyment of saying this is the right thing to do is going to go so far and push you through those moments. And to your very statement, while it, it was unfortunate um, that I did lose my role, and I say unfortunate and probably unconsciously because I loved my team. I just truly really enjoyed being there with them because um, they were just awesome people. But to your very acknowledgement and to what that enabled, it really enabled me to springboard roadsmith and even myself individual agnostic of, of my business to be the person I needed to be, hmm. um, both for my clients, but also for myself.
0: Very well said in having this conversation of mm-hmm. taking action, that seems to be the common theme that I'm yeah. reading from you is like, you are an action taker. It's like, if you set your sight on something, you're like, I'm going for it. We're just going to see mm-hmm. what happens. Do you have any strategies or tips on how we, me included, mm-hmm. might consistently sustain taking new action?
1: Yeah, you know it's 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 um, something that is consistent with me that once I have it in my mind that this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I can tell. <laughs> uh, and and you know one of the things that is is imperative is, and I talk about this in my book, intention, which you see here quite a bit, is around our capabilities. And one of the greatest capabilities we have is to trust ourselves. And if we can't trust ourselves then how can anyone else trust us? And then secondly, how are we expected to move forward? At that moment of trust to say, you know what, regardless of what happens around the next corner of which I really can't dictate or even know. But one thing I do know is that I can trust myself and have that efficacy. I have that confidence to say, you know what? I will figure it out. It's in those moments and in that time period of which I can then take steps. And start to move forward and say, okay, this is now what I want to do. It's also in that confidence piece is acknowledging what I don't know. In that, the second point I would underscore is support. What level of support and anchoring can I get from others? That could be a personal coach. That can be having a mentor. It could be family members if it's financial or just that those cheerleaders in your back. Pocket because sometimes, again, we don't know everything. Recognize where your support system is. And I say support system not in the context of those individuals who will always tell you the right things, who will always say yes to you, or those who are trying to keep you in the box that you're trying to leave. It's that support system that says, you know what? I got faith in you. Mm -hmm. You know what? Go for it. I have your back. Regardless of what happens, Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Those people and those things are few and far between. But if you surround yourself with individuals and they can offer support to you, it's extremely important. And guess what? Your confidence then even gets higher. To maintain that level of consistency, though, of which I know I find myself, and it's always hard when we're changing our lives, we're so vulnerable and we're unveiling so many things that we thought we were good at, but really we just swept things under the rug. (laughs) You know, like, hey, I'm really good at this public speaking. It's like, well, no, you're just good at recording yourself. And <laughs> not necessarily public speaking, you're good at reading. So congratulations. Uh, <laughs> it's a function of, you know what, it's so much vulnerability in, in that respect and in that journey, but recognizing that, creating the that vulnerability and those, those scared moments where well, we're creating space for that growth. Um, that's the third thing that I would recommend and acknowledge around creating that consistency. And then fourth, and I, I love and there's a quote I like to say is we we our plans are great, but your path is your path. Make sure you're building a plan, but realize that your path is not linear. Your path is zigzag; it's backwards and forwards. It will be peaks and valleys, and thus we're building behaviors and capabilities to actually build consistency that's integrated to our life. So, in that respect. In that plan, recognize that you're building new behaviors, but also we have to give things up as well. (laughs) Um, We can't think about adding stuff all the time and think we're going to keep doing the same stuff. So those are the four things that I would say from a tip perspective to really, one, acknowledge that, hey, passionate about what I do, got an idea about it. Okay, let's go and see. (laughs) see what happens. Trust, support, even holding your own accountability. And making sure that you're building in flexibility, because as I mentioned, your plan is your plan, but your path is your path. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ah, wow, there's a lot there, and I want to I want to <laughs> touch on something you said. This is <laughs> great, but I, I want to go back just a little bit and just mention that the vast majority of the listeners that we have for the Tuesday Tea Podcast are women. So, if you mm-hmm. are a female entrepreneur, business owner listening to this, what Dr. Ian is saying is so so valuable especially about the piece around community and the accountability factor and as you're building a business if you need some extra support some cheerleading you know with like-minded female entrepreneurs please come check out the brand new Facebook group. I started it yesterday. It already has 75 people in it. Like just like that. It's amazing. It is called the inspired women's business network. You can find it on Facebook and it is this incredible community of just women cheering each other on and asking for really sound quality advice about very real things involving business building. And I'm not edging out the guys out of this group necessarily. It's just that There's been this common theme throughout my entire career where women have been so shy. And that's a gross assumption, but just the women that have approached me have been very shy and not knowing how to find community and myself included. When I was starting my, my businesses, I just said, I'm going to do it and forget everybody else and just blinders on and let's just get it done and dig deep. I missed out on the sweet opportunity to grow in community with like-minded entrepreneurs. So if that's how you're feeling and you're looking for that extra support, please come join us on that page. Back to you, Dr. Ian. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, no I know. I think that's a wonderful thing. And I, I just wrote that down as, as well, because I, I think it's a wonderful group. Because to your very acknowledgement, um, I had an opportunity to be on, a, when I was at the bank that I got, that I left, I had an opportunity to be on one of their boards for the Women Network. And one of the common themes, and I've focused on their leadership development, just to kind of helping it, get it going, ironically. But one of the things that a common narrative was the fear of who do we go to who is like us? who has the same journey, who's willing to share. And you'd be surprised how many people, to your very acknowledgement, were afraid, how many women were afraid to have that conversation. But also what was as surprising is the visibility of the of the women within the organization who were willing to come down or better yet have the conversations and speak about their journey. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important, to, especially the world in the last 18 months as it's evolved and heck, even the last five years, that our organizations and where the way society is operating, we're operating under new rules in a game that they don't necessarily know how to play, <laughs> right? So imagine that the rules are being made up as they go along. And so as we're having this conversation and, and having a network of support, of shared experiences and sh- shared frustration, as well as sharing in successes, it's so important to have that. And that just goes to show that there's a community out there for everyone to really build us and support us in every way possible.
0: Definitely. Now, if that's not the type of community that you're into, the whole online community, mm-hmm. that's fine. There are so many amazing resources yeah. out there, your local chamber of commerce. There's there's mm-hmm. ways to get involved with community individuals so that you can continue to build your own accountability people too, to have in your back pocket, like you said, right? I didn't have my mentors and my coaches. Look, I'm a coach and a mentor. I have coaches and mentors. I have to. Yes. Because it keeps me accountable. Like it's, I don't know where I would be without them truly. And so to Mm -hmm. that, I want to ask if folks listening want to get in contact with you and potentially do some coaching with you, what does that look like and how do they do that?
1: I can be found at roadsmith.com that's r h o d e s s m i t h.com on that particular site you'll see some of the offerings of which I do have around individual coaching as well as group coaching um, for those looking for that individual coaching experience it's really targeted to that really that expansion where that accountability is definitely placed placed on you and there's a lot more detail of which we go into specifically around your journey and where what you're trying to achieve likewise from a organizational, or more specifically, even a group coaching experience. Here, it's where that collaboration really comes to the forefront, where you're afforded the opportunity to learn from each other while also going into your own unique experience. Um, that group coaching experience is around six weeks in length, and you'll get an opportunity to really establish that foundation of one camaraderie, as well as your own experience to make sure that you're moving forward across the board. Also on that Roadsmith site, you'll also have access to my book intention, building capabilities to transform your story. And you'll see this podcast as well as other uh, opportunities where I've I've had a chance to speak articles of which I've actually written as well.
0: Amazing. Thank you so, so much for taking this time and for being willing the first (laughs) male to come on to the show. My goodness. It is just such an honor to have you. That's it for this week, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.